It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trisankos. Today, I'm interviewing my sister Christian, Stacy Farquharson. <laughs> Ever since we found each other again, she keeps saying that she came into the Catholic Church kicking and screaming. <laughs> And she keeps saying, another episode, another episode. We'll talk about it later in another episode. Well, today is that episode. No. <laughs> it's a fascinating story because Stacey and I are alike, alike in a lot of ways, but we're different in this, that, that she was always a woman of faith. I, I was not religious most of my adult life. Didn't think I needed God. Stacey's always been a woman of faith. She's a very strong, devout Protestant woman here in Texas and conversion for her, uh, had a, had a lot of emotional, um, difficulty and, and mm -hmm. struggles that we all go through struggle buses, as you call yes. it. Yes. <laughs> so, first of all, what did you mean by kicking and screaming? I can just picture <laughs> you being dragged into the church <laughs> like a toddler having a tantrum. <laughs> oh, well, you know what, that just struggling with wrapping my mind around everything, just this inner war going on. No, no. Yes, yes. It's like the the good person on one shoulder and the bad person on the other shoulder. Just I had all of this struggle because during the journey into the Catholic Church, there was one place that I got that I call limbo because I had I knew too much to go backwards, but I I couldn't go forward, and I just was stuck, and I struggled so much in this this place of limbo, and that's what I mean, kicking and screaming, just arguing with myself, arguing with my husband, arguing with God, <laughs> just arguing with the the RCIA leaders. I mean, I was just I was determined that if I became Catholic, because at first I was. I, I had no, I was not going to become Catholic, but I was determined that if I became Catholic, I had to know that I know that I know that this is where I was supposed to be. This is what God wanted for my life. This was the truth. This was the church that Jesus established. This is where I needed to be. And I had to know that I got to that place, that it was not because of my husband. It was not because I was dating a Catholic and then married a Catholic. It, it could not be because of him. It had to be because this was between me and Jesus. This was This was our journey, and this is where he was taking me and where I was supposed to be. And I think that is so commendable. I mean, for a lot of people becoming Catholic, it's it's more, it, for me anyway, it's more about being afraid to conform my life to this truth I'm willing to accept. I didn't know what the truth was going to demand of me. But for mm -hmm. you, it was different. You, you were so trying so hard to do God's will that you needed to know for sure this is the truth the church that Christ founded before you were going to set a foot into it. You were, mm -hmm. you, you were in some ways being more Catholic than Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> 
there was so much to learn and there was so much that you know you just don't know what you don't know and at first i didn't even know what questions to ask i mean i certainly didn't know the terminology and i just didn't know how to research it at first and so it took years it took a long time for me you know reading and asking you know finding the questions to ask and then wrapping my mind around the answers and it was just a long process and and i think that you know in the protestant church stacy you know i mean if you want to join the church if you want to give your life to jesus you you walk down a very short aisle mm-hmm. and you you say I want to accept Jesus. And you say a prayer and it's, that's it. That is Mm -hmm. it. And, and that's wonderful. I did that. I actually did that when I was a little girl at nine years old. And I did too. I did at Mount Olive. Olive, I remember doing it. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I didn't, you know, if you continue to come to church, then you learn things. But but with the Catholic Church, they want to make sure you understand what you're, what what the commitment is that you're making, and there's a reason for that understanding. It's not to be taken lightly. It is a huge commitment. Um, so, what were some of the things that you struggled with? I think um, you know, knowing this is Protestant, a very heavily Protestant area, which is a good thing. There's a lot of very faithful people around here. Um, one of the biggest things we all hear about and kind of laugh about is Mary, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. because the, one of the biggest misunderstandings is that we worship Mary. Was that one of the things? What were some of the things that you struggled with? Yes, there were so many hurdles coming into the Catholic Church, and Mary was definitely one of them. And praying to dead people was huge for me. <laughs> something I was not going to do. And but I think I think the biggest one for me was authority. And authority. To authority. And once I once I overcame that, everything else seemed to fall into place. Once I realized that this was the church that Jesus established, that this was his church, then I was able to submit to the authority that he put in place and everything else, like I said, kind of fell into place. But but Mary, I'll tell you, I I had at one time just been you know, like most Protestants, negative about Mary. And I remember one time I was saying something about Mary and not 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 really bad because, you know, I mean, how could you say anything really bad about Mary? It wasn't Mary. It was the way that I viewed yeah. the relationship of of people in Mary. It was Catholics with Mary. And and uh worshiping her right mm-hmm. and but but i felt like just very gently but very firmly i felt like the lord said to me that's my mama mm-hmm. and it was just it was it, i never said another thing <laughs> i never said another thing at all mm-hmm. i was like okay you know and okay. from then on I just saw her differently and I had so much, you know, respect and honor and reverence for her, but I still had to work my way. I still had to work some things out. I still struggled with some, some ideas, but 
that was a turning point for me. It, it was a turning point because I was able to see how much he loved his mom. In those few words, he he revealed to me his love for his mother and how much she meant to him. And I would never say anything negative. I knew then that that was something I was going to have to work out between me and him, and I was not allowed to say anything else about it. So let me ask you something. Why do you... So it seems like that was pretty simple once you were just... Once you're saying to Christ, tell me what the truth is. I'm listening. And he says, that's my mama. And you're like, oh, okay. Why do you think that is such a difficult thing for Protestants to accept? Why is it because they are afraid? I think this is what you were saying. They're afraid or they don't trust the way Catholics view her. They think Catholics are elevating her above Christ and so it's not really that you have a disdain for Mary. It's that you're, you think Catholics are viewing it wrong. Or what is that? I mean, say more about it. No, you're right. You're right. It's it's not Mary herself. I mean, what a wonderful woman. I mean, to um, to experience what she experienced, to agree to experience, to agree to walk that journey and to give birth to our Lord and to watch him suffer. And, uh, you know, what a mother, what a woman, what a... I mean, absolutely. It, it's it's not Mary. It's the idea that you pray to her that you um, that she is a human being that is lifted up and elevated to the mm-hmm. level of deity or to Jesus to you know not not above him but equal to and mm-hmm. um, but when I came into the church and when I went through RCIA, I realized that's not. It's not true. The mm-hmm. way that we Protestants had viewed that is not true. I mean, we can show reverence and honor, but it's not a worship. It's not, we don't pray to her. And this is something that was explained to me that really helped me understand that um, because I, they, I was told, well, we don't pray to her. Well, yeah, you do. If you're talking to her, you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, you do. We just but, we don't worship her. Right. We right. Honor but, her. But the ability to speak to her, whether you want to call it quote unquote prayer or not, the ability mm-hmm. to speak to her comes from the idea that we are never separated from Jesus, that we can, you know, if you are that she is present with him. And just like I would ask somebody else to intercede for me, I can still ask her to intercede for me. The most and, powerful. Right. Absolutely. Um, and the same thing with saints. I mean, I can yeah. I can ask them to intercede for me, just like I would call you and ask you to pray for me. Mm-hmm. And um, that did take a lot of uh, wrestling with. Honestly, it did. Mm-hmm. But there was a situation in my life where I was desperate. Um, I was on the floor crying desperate. And mm-hmm. um, I can't really go into details here, mm-hmm. but I can tell you that it was a situation that was just gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. And I had been reading and studying about Mary, and I just cried out. Basically, you know, one of those, if, you, if you're if you real, if you can hear me, if, I, mm-hmm. if, if this is okay, will you please go to Jesus and pray for me? Because I need you to pray for me. I need you to help me. And 
And then I turned around to Jesus. I was like, Jesus, if I'm not supposed to do that, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, cover my bases there. But like, I just asked your mother to pray for me. Is that okay? <laughs> but, I can totally see you doing that in the middle of, of, of this heart-wrenching moment. You're like, wait, wait, wait. But if I'm not... <laughs> No, no. But I, I, I did, and this the very next day, that entire situation turned around, and I was just amazed in the way that it happened, the way that it turned around. I knew it was because I had asked Mary to intercede, and that happened a couple of times. And I will tell you, every time I have called on her to, to pray for me. She has. She mm-hmm. has. And she has been such a sweet, loving mother to me. And I know how crazy that sounds to someone who is Protestant. If there's Protestants yeah. listening, I know how crazy that sounds. I, I thought it, but I am on the other side now. And I know how amazing it is to have her as my mother. My, my, uh, she just Your has been there mother. for me so much. And, um, Do you think Protestants sometimes feel like, um, and I think I felt like this too, that that if we have too close of a relationship with Mary, that we're not honoring our own mother enough? You know, like, like I, I don't feel like that with my kids. I want my kids to have a strong relationship with Mary because I'm so comfortable with that now. But I, I do also remember in the beginning, I didn't want my own mother to feel like I was like, well, I have Mary now. I don't need you. I, it wasn't like that. <laughs> but yeah. I was worried that she might feel that way. So, wh- so what came first? Were you able to pray to saints and ask their intercession after you had that moment mm-hmm. with Mary? Mm-hmm. Um, or did yes, that just kind of line up? And yes, you're like, definitely. oh, okay, now we can pray to any of the saints. Yeah, it opened it up for me. And um, honestly, it it's um, easier for me to ask Mary to intercede than it is for, you know, the saints. But, uh, but yeah, it, that, that shed, I don't know, it just, it made everything look different. I mean, I mm-hmm. realized that I could, that it was a possibility, that it was an option that, you know. A realignment. Once that happened, it opened my eyes to all the possibilities. The thing is, is that as a Protestant, I felt like I just had a few tools in my tool belt. Mm -hmm. And as a Catholic, I still have those tools, Mm -hmm. but I have so much more. Now I have my guardian angel. I have Mary to intercede for me, the saints. There's so much more. I still go to Pat and ask him to pray for me. It's not like I I gave up anything. I just Mm -hmm. added to, I have so much more. The fullness of the truth. That's That really resonated with me when I heard that. That yes. be, being Catholic, you're opened up to the fullness of the truth. It's yes. not that Protestants don't have some truth and even other religions have some truth. It's just that being Catholic is the fullness of the truth. So you've alluded several times to RCIA and we've, we've talked about ministry and, and things like that in our podcast. What was RCIA like for you? I started RCIA really just to go and find out more about the Catholic Church. It was more to just uh, information gathering. Um, Actually, Pat and I had gone to talk to his priest, and he suggested that I go through it. And Mm -hmm. he suggested that I do it so that I could find out what Pat believed, which 
I agreed to that. Mm-hmm. But when I got there, um, I felt like it, it seemed like there was a lot of um, disdain for mm-hmm. Protestants. I just didn't feel, I just, I didn't feel connected at all. And of course, everything they said, I questioned, mm-hmm. um, not even so much verbally, but just in my mind and in my heart. And I just, maybe I just wasn't ready at the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just had too many unanswered questions and I felt defensive. I actually left RCIA and I think it was when I left there, I really became defensive. I really mm-hmm. just, um, anytime that I got into a conversation with Pat, I was very defensive. And so, you know, I, I think it was because I knew where I was headed and I was fighting it. I yeah. didn't want to go there. I, like I said, in the beginning, I felt like I knew too much to go backwards, but I just refused, I dug my heels in and I refused to move forward. You and called I, it limbo once you told yeah, me you were in limbo. <laughs> I was in limbo. I, I, I was stuck. I felt stuck and it was a very, um, lonely place because I, and it was just hardness of heart. Like I was not going to move forward, but then I just didn't want to go back. Like every time I would go to a Protestant church, something was missing and I couldn't go forward. The thing is, is that when, and I said in an earlier episode, how Pat had told me about the Eucharist for years and years and years, I had wanted more of Jesus. I always prayed. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want to be so close to you. I want to be so close to you. I want to hear you. I mean, you know, if Jesus asked me, what do you want? What can I do for you? I would ask him for ears to hear him. I want to hear him. And I prayed that has been my prayer for many, many, many years. So when Pat told me about the Eucharist, it was it was so, you know, oh, this is how I can have more of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I am him and him and me. This is this is that oneness that I can have. This is if this is true, if this mm-hmm. is true, I want it. And I remember going to a Protestant church and the pastor saying things like, I believe in a virgin birth. I believe in a man that was raised from the dead. I believe in spirits that I can't see. I serve a God that I can't see. All these things. And I was thinking to myself as he was saying this, oh my gosh, if somebody was in here and they didn't know Jesus, they'd think he was crazy. They'd want to lock him up and send him to the funny farm, you know? And then I thought, well, me too, because I believe in uh, spiritual beings. I believe in a God I can't see. I believe a man was raised from the dead. Why can't I believe in the Eucharist? And there's so many denominations. Um, I mean, Stacey, how many Protestant denominations are there these days? 30,000? I mean, I I lost count. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I moved back to Texas, I was shocked to see cowboy churches. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ones. And Many of them believe that there are no miracles today. Many of them believe God doesn't really today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. different denominations, of course, believe different things. Right. They all fall under the umbrella of Protestant, but they all have their different beliefs. And uh, I mean, 
my whole thing with the Eucharist is I, I believe God speaks. He speaks to me. I believe he wants to speak to us. I long to hear his voice. But I also believe that God can do miracles. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember thinking, I remember thinking how amazing the Catholic Church was because they witness a miracle every day. Go to daily mass and you witness a miracle. So if you have struggles in your life and you need to stand and believe and pray and ask God for something in your life, whether it be for your children or your finances or your marriage or healing, believe that God can work a miracle in your Mm -hmm. life because you believe that, that Jesus's true presence is in the Eucharist. That's a miracle. God gives us a miracle every day. How much more our Catholic uh, brothers and sisters, how much more their faith should be so strong. Mm-hmm. And I, it just made me want want it more and more. And and when you do, I, I know for me, when I, when I accepted that Christ is truly present in the Eucharist, I suddenly didn't care how long it took, didn't care what people in the church were doing confusing things, and I wish they wouldn't. I said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to receive communion. I'll never be worthy, but I just want to be in communion with the church and with Christ. And and that made me more patient. I mean, Stacey, when you shared earlier in a podcast that you would go every day with your kiddos and try not to drop the baby while you crossed your... Dragging them in. Yeah. and But you... that commitment that you made is just beautiful and it's inspiring. One of the things that I, that drew me, there's so many things that drew me to the church, but one of the things was the reverence, the honor, Mm -hmm. the respect, the love, um, you know, and watching people honor the Lord and have that reverence for him. Every Everything, there's purpose in the process, right? So the whole everything, mm-hmm. everything that is done, there is a meaning behind it, a beautiful meaning. And I remember um, when I was a Protestant, there was a friend of mine, a dear friend, whose parents used to be Catholic, and they were now going to the Protestant church. But she mentioned to me, she told me that they had been Catholic. And I don't know. Maybe I made a face. I don't know. You know, I'm a very expressive person. So maybe I made a face. But she told me, she said, the Catholic Church is very beautiful. Hmm. And as I came into the church, I just see beauty. And I remember yeah. her words. And I just see beauty everywhere. It's true. I mean, I one of the reasons I started my conversion process is I was so lonely. I I didn't know how to have relationships. And I've talked about that before, but I was so lonely. And it just used to move my heart so much during communion, even though I couldn't receive the body and blood of Christ, to see all the other people in such reverence receiving Christ, and just to be in the room with them, it would move me to tears. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is a little bit of heaven right now on earth. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was huge for me. The Eucharist is huge for me. And, you know, I love prayer. I mean, I taught prayer. I love to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but one of the things I just love right now is sitting in front of the Eucharist, sitting in front of the Holy mm-hmm. Sacrament and praying and just you know, just sitting there, sometimes just not saying anything, just sitting there. 
Um, and again, yes, Jesus is everywhere. Yes, he's in us. He's everywhere. Of course he is. But if he can be physically present, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, why wouldn't you want to be there? Right. So you were very involved in ministry in the Protestant church. And that's one thing I love about you, Stacey. And I, I, I'm always like, don't lose your Protestant roots because mm-hmm. I, I think you have so much of that to bring in. Like you, you can bring some of that enthusiasm and things that, that Protestants do so well. What was it like being all in, in the ministry for your Protestant faith and then coming into the church when you were in that limbo, you knew you couldn't go back, but you weren't ready to go forward. When I say that I I was in limbo or that I couldn't go forward and I couldn't move backwards. Yes, I was very much Protestant. I was very much involved in my Protestant church and everything. But becoming Catholic, I gained so much. I didn't lose anything. I mean, a lot of people think it's either or, and there Mm -hmm. are some, some matters that are, but for the most part, it's both and. It's, you know, I still pray all the same prayers I always prayed. I just add to them. I have more prayers now. Mm-hmm. I still believe the the things that I believed. I just believe like the fullness of the truth and more now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have more of Jesus. I The fullness of the truth. Oh, my goodness. I'm so much more full. I have more tools in my tool belt to help me. I I didn't, I just didn't lose anything. <laughs> Except um, the coffee bar, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Because you said in the last bar. episode, there's oh. no coffee bar. But even, but I'm laughing about that because even in losing the coffee bar, what you gained is reverence. Yes, that's that's just it. I mean, I, that's why I understood why you don't, why you don't chew gum and why you don't take coffee into the church. <laughs> chew gum? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was told to spit my gum out when I first started. (laughs) Well, again, I didn't even know what questions to ask. I didn't know the terminology. I didn't know why every, like I said before, there's there's purpose in the process. Everything has a meaning behind it, but I didn't know what those were. And just learning, learning everything, it it, it's like these light bulb moments. It just kind of all clicks and makes sense. And it's this beautiful tapestry that comes together. So, Stacy, I know now that you have a very strong devotion to the rosary um, and, and other Catholic prayers. But what was it like the first time you prayed the rosary? First time I said a rosary, I kind of stumbled through it. But <laughs> and, and I remember early on when I didn't even know that, again, you don't know what you don't know, but mm-hmm. I didn't even know that you could say a rosary for someone. <laughs> so... <laughs> I went, there was some things going on um, in my family, and um, I went to say, I went to the church to sit in front of the um, Blessed Sacrament and was going to say a rosary for um, my kiddos, and I didn't know if I could or not. Like, I I just Mm -hmm. didn't know if I could. And so I'm sitting there praying, and I'm like, Lord, I want to do this, but I just don't know if I can. I don't know if this is something we're supposed to do. Um... And I don't really know how to do it, but in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I started to just try. I didn't have, I didn't have, like I'm on my phone looking for a, a, <laughs> what, what's the mystery and what, what am I supposed to say and what's the prayer and how do I do this? And all of a sudden, this strong, beautiful voice right behind me says, 
Today we are gathered to say a, a rosary and for <laughs> our children. And for real? Yes. And there I turned, I kind of looked behind me and there are a couple of mothers back there and they were going to say a rosary for their kids because uh, school was starting. And so they were saying the rosary for their kids and she right. led it out loud. And all I had to do was follow. Oh, and I was just like, by the time we were through, I was in tears because I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for providing for me. Thank you for, you know, the timing. I, I felt led when I was driving down the road. I felt led to go right then and do it. Uh -huh. Well, God knew that right then, if I went, even though I didn't know how to do it, that sweet lady was going to be there and she was going <laughs> to walk me through it. And he was also showing me that, yes, you can do this. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you said you went through RCIA the first time. Did you did you go all the way through? Did you stop going? What what happened after? Yeah, no, I didn't finish. I I didn't even make it halfway through. Again, I don't think I was ready to receive what they were saying, but I felt uncomfortable. I didn't feel I I just felt very uncomfortable. And so I was in this limbo stage for a while, a long time. And we had somebody stop by the house one night and through conversations, he began to tell us that he went through RCIA at a different church and loved the program. And maybe I could give that a try. Now, I will say I was very emotional. So I'm going through an annulment and I'm trying to go through RCIA and I've got a lot of emotions being stirred on the inside of me. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot going on. And my perception of the way people viewed this person, this convert coming into the church was probably a little skewed. Mm -hmm. So I was defensive after leaving. You know, I, I was just very defensive. Um, so I went, though. I went and... It's rough. It's rough opening yourself up to that. You don't, you don't know what to think and you don't know what people are thinking about you and you don't even know if you're welcome all the time. Yeah. And, you know, and I say defensive. I think I was guarded. I was mm -hmm. very guarded. Yeah. Like I had a wall up. Like mm -hmm. don't, sense. don't, don't correct me too much. Don't teach me too much. Don't show me too much. I don't know how much of this I want to believe. I don't know where I want to go with this. I don't, I was argumentative. I was guarded. I was defensive. I was not, wasn't very nice sometimes even. I mean, I was just, I was scared. I think mm -hmm. I was wanting to make sure that I was doing the right thing. Um, it was just, a lot of emotions and you needed to process it. I was a slow processor, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I went to this one uh, church to do RCIA. And I will tell you when I say the goodness of God draws men to repentance, mm -hmm. the kindness of God draws yeah. men to repentance. Ooh. I witnessed it firsthand at this. I church. love it when you say that. The, the breakout leader there, in spite of my guardedness and hardness and argumentative and no, that can't be right because of this. And well, the Bible says this and, you know, just he just was so kind to me 
so kind, never condescending, did not look down at me, did not make me feel stupid, did not, did not make me feel less than or uncomfortable in any way. He would just smile. And I'm telling you, this man is a very, very intelligent person. And he could have put me in my place instantly without any effort on his part at all. And he never went there. Mm -hmm. And he just was so gracious. And it was his kindness that gave me the ability to wrestle, that gave me the ability to fight my way through it. He did not push me away. And he didn't I, push you in either. He did not push me in. He, he didn't push at all. He let me make my decisions. He let me. Now he would say, oh, you might want to listen to this, you know, give me something mm -hmm. to listen to. Or he might, he might say, here's a book you can read. He always had stuff for us to, to listen to or to read. And, but he never, I never felt judged. I never felt anything. I just had the freedom to express myself. And to wrestle with it. And mm -hmm. he allowed that. And um, and I did. And I, I did. I argued. I wrestled. I fought with it. You know, I even when the priest gave, you know, his talk uh, on confession one night, I was like, wait, what? What? I mean, I, that was something yeah. I had to wrestle with as well. So, I mean, it is I, I, like I said. I always go back to that scripture. I've loved that scripture for many, many years, but that I saw it. I saw how to walk that out. It's hard mm -hmm. sometimes when somebody is, you know, aggressively or being, you know, um, argumentative to be kind in spite mm -hmm. of that person. But when we can do that, when we can offer kindness and, and gentleness and goodness and just exemplify the Lord, it speaks to them. A kind word will turn away wrath, and, and it does speak to them. And you said in our last episode, um, roles without relationship lead to rebellion. And I think it oh, sounds yes. like you were experiencing a little bit of yes, that. And when someone's yes. willing to have a relationship with you to understand where you were and let you have the freedom to process, um, then you didn't feel like rebelling. I didn't feel like rebelling. I did not feel rejected. I did not want to, you know, run. Earlier on in, in the RCIA, you know, when it first started, I had scheduled a, a talk, uh, a meeting on the Saturday morning when they were having practice. So I actually got up and had to leave during <laughs> the practice. And my sponsor stayed there, but I had to get up and leave. I guess everybody thought that I was... <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> can't do it. Last uh, minute, turn turn around. Nope, can't do it. And actually, our co-leader in that group, he told me later, he said, I just didn't think you were gonna come in. I didn't think you were gonna do it. But but it was it was it was beautiful. The the service was beautiful. And I remember afterwards, uh, someone said to me, God must be so happy. Look at all the people that have come into the church tonight, all those that got baptized, all those that came into the church. And I thought, yeah, we got a big group here. We had a really big group. <laughs> and she just looked at me and said, no, all over the world, oh. this, this happened. Not just here, but think of all the people that got baptized and, and came into the church tonight and how big God must be smiling right now. And I was oh. just like, 
oh my goodness, his family grew. His family grew so big tonight. And I thought then I want to be a part of something that makes God smile. And so that following um, that next session, I got to kind of volunteer and and work a little bit, uh, volunteer with the RCIA program. And that was such a blessing. But because you know what? I felt like I could tell them, mm-hmm. hey, I struggled. I fought it. And I, I, I think you were a blessing to the people in that class because you understood. Well, I tell you what, they honestly, they blessed me because there were some very, very intelligent people in there. And I got so much out of it. And, and I guess, you know, really, honestly, I got a lot out of it the second time because mm-hmm. I wasn't so argumentative. <laughs> I wasn't trying to find out how to, you know, prove it wrong. I was mm-hmm. just a sponge and soaking it up and learning. And I learned so much the second time too, but, but I, I did, I was able to say, I, I was here this time last year and I know how hard it is, but, um, but I'm so thankful that, that I did join the Catholic church and I'm, I feel like I am where God wants me to be. I feel like I am where Jesus placed me and, and there is a, a purpose. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a purpose for me being here. Yeah, you you um, said in the in one of the first episodes that you had to lay down. You had to lay down all the work that you were doing, and you felt like that once you became Catholic, God didn't need you anymore because there was no ministry for you to participate right. in, like there was in the Protestant Church. How? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I thought that you know. <laughs> There was, I didn't think there was anything that women could do. (laughs) And that was all part of the authority, you know, the skewed authority concepts that I had or, you know, Mm -hmm. I honestly thought that it was a male (laughs) run (laughs) church and there was no place for women other than to, you know, pray the rosary rosary or something, you know, I wasn't going to be a nun, so I didn't know what else I could do. (laughs) Okay. So if you never did anything for Jesus, if you, if you never did anything, if you never taught another Bible study, if you never, you know, spoke to women, if you never prayed with them, if you never did anything, but I ask you to come into this church, I ask you to be a part of this. I ask you to do this. Would I be willing to do that? And of course, of course, how could I not? But the thing is, is that I didn't surrender to the church first. I surrendered to Jesus first. Mm -hmm. And once I surrendered completely to him, laid any and everything down, submitted to the Lord, he opened doors. He's the one that, you know, it. I said also, um, I've said several times that, it, you know, it's like Moses when he said, if you're not going with us, I'm not going, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, that was kind of my attitude, Lord, if you <laughs> don't want me to do it, I'm not doing it anyway. If you yeah. say no, I'm certainly not going to barrel through. I if mean, you're not in the Catholic church, I'm not going there. Well, yeah, absolutely. If you're not there, I don't want to be there either. But uh-huh. but if I'm not going to become Catholic and then just try to do something that you don't want me to do, you know, mm-hmm. and I've always mm-hmm. said in and of myself, I am nothing. I can do nothing. I have nothing. But with Christ, all things are possible. So mm-hmm. apart from him, I, I can't do it anyway. I mm-hmm. have to have Jesus. That was why I wanted the Eucharist. I want Jesus. I mm-hmm. want all of him, as much of him as I can get. I've been, I've had a hunger for the Lord for a very long time and I, I wanted more and more and more. 
Yeah. And I, and I understand some of that too, because I, I feel like I'm constantly saying, God, what do you want me to do in your church? And, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know, Stacey, I mean, here we are doing this podcast, um, both converts sometimes wondering like, mm-hmm. where do we fit in in the Catholic church? Cause we're not cradle Catholics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we, we pray every time we start recording this podcast, just let us know what to say and let the right people hear it. And, we're sort of taking it a day at a time, raising our families and um, seeing what God wants us to do. One of the things that that we try to do is just to be genuine. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we are, we struggle. I still ride the struggle bus. There's still issues going on in our families, in, in the world. I mean, we are just real in the sense that we don't have all the answers, but we have Jesus. We have the one who does have all the answers. Stacy, it, it's always so fun talking to you. Like we, I never expected to have this conversation when we met again, but we were laughing for the longest time about all the big Catholic words. I get them all. I mean, I get them so wrong. I mean, like last week <laughs> when I talked about genuflecting and the word that I said instead of that, I mean, that's embarrassing. <laughs> but I mean, I struggle with them. Like, concubines instead of, I mean, oh my goodness, coming into the church, I was catechumens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then I think one time I, I said something about the catacombs and he was like, no, it's not catacombs. So, I mean, there's just so many words that I get wrong and definitions of the words too. Like I was at church one day and they were talking about benediction and I turned to the person next to me and I said, I said, what is that? What is benediction? And they're like, don't you know? <laughs> and I'm like, no. And they were like, well, I don't either. I've had many moments like that. And I'm just like, oh, man, I hope I hope nobody knows I'm a convert. And I don't know what this means. And <laughs> even oh. just trying to pray the liturgy, the hours and the, the breviary, like it's confusing. I just like somebody give me a list of what we're supposed to do. I want to pray it the right way, but I, I still never feel like I pray it the right way because it's so confusing. Right. But right. Um, no, it's yeah. and it, as as long as you've been Catholic, though, it's kind of refreshing for me to hear that you still some things still cause a little pause for you, and you still mm-hmm. kind of struggle a little bit here and there. And because I mean, I am you know I was telling someone the other day, I said, I, well. I'm barely Catholic. And my husband, <laughs> my husband heard me say that. And he turned around. And he goes, stop saying that. You're all Catholic. You're very much Catholic. You're 100%. And I was like, I'm just barely Catholic. you know, <laughs> Because you feel like you don't know so many things. And, I know. Uh, I'm still yeah. learning. I'm still learning. I'm on this journey. It's still a journey. Um, the last three years working in ministry and and really seeing on the inside what it looks like for Catholics in ministry to try to reach out to people. And I just kept I kept finding myself saying too many people in ministry, and I'm saying this to be constructive. They've been they're cradle Catholics. They've been in ministry their whole life. They have very much an inside out view. They know what the church looks like from the inside, looking out at all the people who aren't in the church. But people in ministry, I really think like the RCIA teacher did with you, Stacy. you've got to get on the, you got to try to get on the outside of the church and try to see what it looks like from the outside in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is a very good way to, to reorient anybody in ministry should, should try to do that. I mean, talk, talk to us converts. We'll tell you what it looks like. Well, I just, you know, I can't stress enough that I, I love Jesus. I love Jesus before I became Catholic. I love mm-hmm. God's word. I love the Bible. I love the word of God. And 
I love to teach. I love to teach about Jesus. I love to teach his word. I love to pray. None of that is gone. I'm mm-hmm. still that same person. I just feel like I've gained so much more. I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Drasenkos. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>